Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Hey, I can't see the temperature from here. Oh, no. It's 77. I, I just I focused. Yeah. It looks like the rain has finally stopped. It I, was cloudy, and now it's, the sun's coming out. Well, that kind of depresses me. <laughs> <laughs> I like, for That's... some reason, I like like being indoors, you know, doing something like recording a podcast when it's cloudy and rainy outside. You know, if the only thing that would make it better is we were like in the hills on a lakefront property in a cabin with a tin roof, you know, and it's bouncing off of that. And then we're like, well, what are we going to do? Hell, I don't know. I guess we could record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but right. now, like, the sun's coming out over the beautiful Tennessee River. And you're thinking, like, oh, we should be fishing. Be fishing right? <laughs> right after a rain. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be biting. You know I love that when the, to go fishing right after a rain because I feel like you know those little droplets dripping off the leaf onto the brought all the fish up yeah. out of their holes. Yeah, they're like sitting there waiting for a bug to get knocked off, right? right? Oh my goodness! All right, well why don't we just stop now? We'll go fish. <laughs> we'll try again later. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do another episode of Saturday morning sales meeting? What a great idea! My favorite day of the year, right? Every time we ask. Yep, <laughs> that's fantastic. So. Uh, all right, you had uh, well, you had some current events. Should we hit some current events first? Let, let's do yeah. Our episode today is going to be about the car salesman, right? And you know, what's the life expectancy of that role? Yeah, in well, a how has it changed? Yeah. through the years, I think like so many other things, that curve on the change has accelerated here in recent months. Yeah, and we have a lot to say about that. Oh, but boy. first, we have a lot to say about everything, John. But please. <laughs> So I just have a couple of little LinkedIn things I wanted to share here. One is from uh, James Dawson, VP of Marketing, and I don't see where on his like little headline where he is, the VP of Marketing, but I thought this was so funny. He said, quote, LinkedIn notifications be like your connections connection commented on a post that your connection liked last week. <laughs> This is the kind of purposeful engagement I'm here for, end quote. And I'm like, that is so astute. Well, and that's one of the things I like, maybe other people don't, about LinkedIn is if somebody even likes that you are linked with, likes or comments on anybody else's posts that you may not be linked with, it's going to show up in your feed. Right? And you like that. I do, yeah. Because it exposes me to people who I don't necessarily follow, uh-huh. but have at least things that were interesting to somebody I do. Well, Ray, when I had the same number of connections that you had, I may have felt the same way. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but when you, when you, you know, you no, get no, no, to no. a certain level, Ray, it's like, how many do you have? O- enough already. How many do you have, John? I don't know, like 6,000. All right. But, uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's amateur numbers. I got to pump those numbers up. But anyway, yeah, I thought that was so funny because you do, I get those all the time. Right. And I've got notifications turned off on my phone. I couldn't live with that every day. But then you log in and it's like, oh, you have 36 notifications that, you know, a third related cousin of your aunt's uncle, you know. Well, you know, you need to be connected to more than just your family members. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, maybe that wasn't a good example. That, that crap needs to go on Facebook. <laughs> get off of LinkedIn. But you get what I'm saying. It's like a third connection to right. a second connection of somebody that you followed three years ago right, thinks but- that they liked this article. 
about Ferrari putting new wheels on their car. Oh, so Great. I'm so glad that you, you know, you make me go through steps to eliminate this little number beside my notification box. Right. But is it the fact is it the fact that it's not a quality post or is it the fact that you're having to suffer through notifications of these posts? That's it. That's it. Yeah, the, the post could be wonderful and I, you know, may enjoy that post if I had come across it organically. <laughs> but you know, you know I've got this OCD problem. Yeah. I, nothing on my phone can have a number beside it. Right. It's got to be cleared out. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I don't see how people can have a phone and be like, you have 23 unread text messages or you have 36 emails. I don't know, at least Kephart one time showed a screenshot of her phone and it was like 1,254 emails unread. And no, that, you, I could you, never. You couldn't do that. I would be in bed for two days. Crying. <laughs> Just, right, she blankets over your head. How am I ever going to get through? In the fetal position. Yeah, yeah. As, as it's dinging in the background. Ding, 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 ding. Here's another, here's another, here's another. <laughs> How am I ever going to catch up? It's <laughs> stop. That's funny. All right, so there's one little current event thing. This other thing is just... Um, I don't know a lot about it, but it interests me, and I thought, well, we should dig more into this. This is uh, George Ninny, N-E-N-N-I is his last name, author of A Car Dealer's Guide to Google My Business, uh, Google Analytics. So he's some kind of Google expert. Okay. He says, uh, be careful. I've heard from many dealers who purchase free trials of digital retailing tools during this health crisis that are now being pressured to turn them on permanently. He said, uh, these dealers are asking me whether they should continue or to cancel. And he says, basically, be forewarned, you need to have Google Analytics turned on and specifically something called segments in Google Analytics. Uh, And he says, basically, you can drill down in this and find out exactly where all your leads are coming from. I mean, we've used... We've used Google Analytics in our um, consulting and things like that. But uh, I've never heard of this thing called Segment. But, but yeah, he's basically wrote an article here. You can read on LinkedIn on his page uh, about... About segments. Yeah, well, yeah. And before you decide on this digital retailing tool, which, you know, is all the rage right now, uh, which I'm sure money is just flying out of dealers hands yeah i need to be online yeah i need to i need to work deals online yeah i need to do pricing online you know you got phones ringing off the hook saying i can do that for you i can do that for you right so yeah i think if you're going to choose one you need to have some analytics in place just gets back to what we always talk about is you cannot manage what you can't measure what you don't measure right yeah yeah had a gm call me not too many weeks ago and say you know, what do you know about, you know, these different platforms or are you aware of something that will do this? And I would say, you know, first you need to, you need to do a deep dive into what you already have, <laughs> right? A lot of times they're looking at new stuff and, and he was very aware and astute on exactly what they had and, you know, had even turned he, some he things off. He was engaged with what he's engaged, paying for each month. Which is what I have found to be the exception, not the right, rule. Right, right. Right? Typically, we're buying new products and we're already paying for something that does the exact same thing or... Yeah, amen. Right. And 
or you know the controller the accounting department sending out a check every month to some software company that our managers don't even know we have right. like nobody knows the login yeah right <laughs> yeah. you go to you go to check out this new product and it says oh your, your account already exists yeah you already have an account <laughs> would you like to log in nope that's the wrong login <laughs> wrong password yeah <clears throat> all right ray well i know we're uh I'm getting long on my current events segment, but I just wanted to throw out a couple of little things here. Just some little one-liners I think we ought to discuss later. Uh, Talking about price, price questions over the internet, over the phone. One of my favorites was, well, retail is blank, but I wouldn't expect you to pay that. Right. You've used that before, I've heard. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you've got a a King Ranch F-150 out there that's $65,489, and you say, well, you know, retail's $65,000, but there's no way you're going to pay that. Right. How how about on pre-owned? Yeah. I mean, here's If you're going off of a book value. I was going to say, here's the thing about pre-owned, is I was, you know, I'm an Excel spreadsheet nerd. I'm kind of a data nerd. I would get a used car inventory sheet and you know i couldn't do this for every single vehicle but the hot ones the the top 20 i might book them out and just see what the retail is yeah well then when somebody says late model stuff yeah yeah, one two three years old yeah and somebody calls in and says ah see you've got this civic online for you know 11.5 it's like, oh man, the retail on that is like fourteen eight, but that's right. it's incredible deal right now. Yeah, you know, or whatever. You know, a Civic may not be the best example because no, the the dollar amount would be less on yes. that. But no, you got a fifty thousand dollar used Tahoe. It might be worth knowing that you're advertising it for six grand less than the NADA retail out. is. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple and, of other. And things. I love the word track. If you can be reasonable, we can be flexible. Yeah, I like that. Oh, well, here's just one little kind of side. I'm going through some of my training notes, you know, when we do show brainstorming. But I came across this one. Minimize the amount of time the customer spends alone. Yeah. I think that's pretty huge in the days, at least in the days past, when we would constantly leave the desk and, you know, go up to the tower. Let me go check on your car in detail. You know, let me go check with F&I. Right. Well, that whole time, the customer's sitting there on their phone looking at other vehicles. Right. He's shopping you right there. Absolutely. Texting their buddy saying, I'm about to do this deal. Do you You think think it sounds good? Yeah. And he's going, oh, man, you get one for me. Well, here's one that I told you about that you liked is uh, do owner follow-up during downtime instead of complaining about having downtime, <laughs> right? When you're sitting there with nothing to do going, damn, why, why don't they run more ads? How I, come there's leads. no... Yeah. Where are the new leads? Why come I had that any ups today? Right. This is BS. Okay, well, why Absolutely. don't you do something valuable with that time? Yeah. All right, Good end point. of my rants, I think, for the day. All right, well, my uh, current event is, uh, quote... From quoteaddicts.com says, leadership is all about people. It is not about organizations. It is not about plans. It is not about strategies. It is all about people motivating people to get the job done. You have to be people-centered. And that's a quote from uh, Colin Powell. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Being people-centered, I like it. Yeah. So, there you go. You want to expand on that a little bit? 
Just That's it. I think out. it speaks for itself, right? Okay. I, I think too often, and I've been guilty of this myself, you get so ingrained in the process and data and KPIs and measurement tools that you forget that, you know, ultimately I need to connect with the people that I'm managing to get them to connect with the people that they're interacting with, right? And, and it ultimately, uh, you know, comes down to they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care kind of thing. Um, that, that's a constant struggle for me as a consultant, as a manager, is I am so data-driven. My mind just works so logically that I'm like, you know, A plus B equals C. Right. Then I forget, you know, I have to kind of constantly work on myself to remember that, these are not robots doing these jobs. Right. You know? Yeah. There's the human element that you yeah. have to keep in mind. Now, don't get me wrong. I deeply care for the people I've coached and the people that I've managed. Uh, and I'm totally bought into their success and their own personal growth. Right. Uh, but sometimes I forget. And I'm like, hey, all right, today we got to do X, Y, and Z. Let's go get X, Y, and Z done. Yeah. Well, even looking through your notes, you found somebody who was on your team, one of your teams when you were in management and you were like, had notes down there as to, here's how this person can, this person's right. awesome and here's how they can improve. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Well, you're and, and you're that, great. Now let me change everything about you. <laughs> no. Yeah. It was like that. But if I thought they sucked, I'd be like, okay, yeah. well, you know. But we've had this discussion before where the minimum effort people get the minimum yeah. uh, engagement help from me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But the people who are trying their best, who really have a lot of potential, who are just killing it on their own, those are the people that I want to boost that's, even further. That's your 80-20 rule, right? <laughs> if they're going to produce 80% of the results, they're going to get 80% of my time. All right. Well, you no. know my feelings on that. So Yeah. And, I, we'll, we'll, and maybe, maybe not leads into kind of the main thing we wanted to talk about, which was from a, a post in LinkedIn from Chris Justice, who's the COO slash general manager at Nashville Ford. And he put, I started in car sales in 1994. I had so much fun and made more money than I had ever made up until that point. Like a lot of people, I took a pay cut when I moved into management. However, today the sales or the professional salesperson is being eliminated, I believe. Their responsibilities are becoming fewer and fewer. Many stores have, and then he has a list of six things. We'll dive deeper into them, but I'll go ahead and yeah. read through them. One, a BDC department to set up appointments and do follow-up for the sales department. Two, a floor manager to close deals. Three, an internet department to work leads. Four, a dedicated delivery person to go over the car and warranty information. Five, a person or company that follows up on CSI. Six, drivers to deliver cars to customers. What's left? To build rapport and do a walk around? Today, there are more internet transactions and offsite deliveries than ever before. Therefore, we may not meet the customers until the deal is done. As a salesman, I closed my own deals or they were split. I worked my own leads. I delivered cars offsite if necessary. I answered the phone and set up my own appointments. If that's not the case today, what does that mean for the future of this wonderful position? Maybe I'm just being paranoid. 
You've read the entire post. I wasn't expecting that. I did. I read. The, that's why I said I'm going to read through the whole thing, even <laughs> though we're going to dive down, dive a little deeper on uh, on the different points that he makes. So ultimately, his point is the role of the salesperson has changed so much, and we've progressively taken more and more off the salesperson. And his contention is the only thing that's left is you know building a rapport for those people who you do get to interact with, per you know belly to belly is build rapport and do a walk around. Everything else is covered by something else. And this would be for, I would say, a, a very large dealership, right? Not every dealership. I mean, right, some right. don't even have a BDC. I mean, people selling 40, 50 cars a month, they're not... Or, yeah, they don't endangered. have a dedicated delivery person, right. You know, right? I mean, the salesperson is still doing that. Maybe they, you know, have one person who's doing their CSI calls in the dealership. Yeah, no, I think this is an incredible post. Number one, it sheds light on a topic that... As near and dear to my heart, you know, I started in the business as a car salesman. Right. And anytime that I can help a car salesman sell more cars, that's what I'm passionate about. Right. Uh, because people did that for me and helped show me the light of how I could make a substantial income. Uh, and I want to help other people see that light as well. So, and I think one of the things that drew us to this post was the fact that I read it, I pointed out to you, you read it, and we both thought, wow, that's very true, but it was unique in that we didn't have an immediate response, right? And we were like, wow. We, we didn't say, oh, this guy's an idiot. Here's the way this works. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. We're like, hmm, all right, I kind of feel this way, but I also have these thoughts. Yeah, and, it really triggered yeah. something where we were kind of at a loss. Yeah. Where, boy, he made a fantastic point and never really thought about it in those terms. Well... In looking back over this post, now that I have it printed out in my hand, I feel like I need to play devil's advocate here a little bit. And uh, I, I don't know Chris Justice. I don't want to offend him personally. Uh, but there are a few assumptions here that may be uh, specific to his dealership. Right. Uh, I don't know Nashville Ford. Um Maybe they are larger, like you say, where yeah. they have all of these people. I don't think a lot of... I don't think a lot of people have a dedicated delivery person. Right. I, I've been in dealerships where that does exist. Yep. Uh, and I loved it. I yep. love the fact that you have a dedicated person to go over the features and benefits of the vehicle they just purchased. Right. And But I, it, it's certainly a trend. It, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I think it's a good idea. Dealerships, you, you know, like you said, you know... 50 to 70 cars a month, they're not going to have a dedicated delivery person. It just doesn't, it's not warranted and, and not justifiable from a financial standpoint. Well, one thing that he, he kind of jumps to here, I just want to point out, a, and I want to dive in this because I agree with a lot of this and I see a lot of questions that, are, you know, that I can't answer in this. Right. So I think it's an important topic to discuss, but I do want to point out here, he says, what's left, you know, after these six things uh, that... You know, you got all these six different people are going to do these things that a salesman used to do. And so what's left for the salesman to build rapport and do a walk around, you know, kind of tongue in cheek. Well, he doesn't discuss who is going to do the right. Who's going to present figures. Right. Who's going to negotiate this deal. I mean, that's in my mind, that's the main thing that a salesman does. Right. Is he he lands on a vehicle he gets a customer to agree to buy the vehicle. 
Right. Well, he does say that number two point was a floor manager to close deals. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right? I mean, that's what he's saying is we've got a closer. Okay. We've got a delivery person. We've got a person to engage and get the appointment. And these are all things he did. I mean, that's what he goes on to say, right, is that I used to close my own deals, right? If I had somebody else involved, that was a split deal. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if if, if somebody else had to come help me close, that means, you know, I lost half that deal. Well, let me go down this rabbit hole just a little bit further, because you're right. I had forgotten about this point number two. And I my note that I wrote beside that was not often, meaning I, I, I love the idea of a floor manager, yeah. but I don't see it very often. Right. Uh, I don't see a, a guy, you know, working the floor, Yeah. you know, saying, all right, what do we need here? What You know, talking to the desk, talking to the salesman. All right, what's going on? Let me go talk to your customer. You know, let me go close this. I, I think that there are those top closers in every dealership and we should put them in a floor manager role right and say all right we're going to pay you a little extra to go help close all these deals you know of yeah. your fellow salespeople. um but even assuming that you do have that then i tend to agree with chris that uh, you know this is i don't know a whole lot about the carmax model right but i do know people that work there and from my understanding, that's kind of the model they adopt is a salesman is kind of a product expert. Kind of if you go into Best Buy and you get a guy that knows the electronics and, you know, you're looking for a laptop, he's going to tell you the features. Right. But then but then they're going to bring in somebody else when you say, hmm, I might be interested in this one or this one. Well, now they're going to bring somebody else in to hard close you. Right. And I think well, that's kind of what CarMax does. And, and so the... Two things I was drawn to on this was, you know, one is if we have taken a lot off of the, I mean, let's go with his scenario, right? Let's assume that they have all these things in place. Yeah. If you've taken all those things off of that salesperson, they have no reason not to be product experts, right? Amen. If they're not following up on their, you know, on leads or, you know, working to try to schedule appointments. Now, I would say I don't care how many other departments you have. If a salesperson is not scheduling some of their own appointments, then they're they're not, <laughs> they're not a very trying. good salesperson, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean they 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 need serious coaching because I I can't just depend on on that next lead to be to just appointed for me. Yeah, yeah, right. And and as we take things off, well, what what is it? Why did we take those things off? Well, one. We know somebody dedicated to the phone who's a, I mean, I always call them, you know, trained telephone assassins, right? These people who know how to overcome objections and the BDC you're talking right, about. BDC. Um, or uh, that, why did we take that off a salesperson? Because maybe it was unrealistic to think that that person could be uh, great on the phone and great in person and product knowledgeable and delivering and, you know, now, should they be doing follow-up? I think the immediate follow-up needs to be you know, kind of a, a tag team with the BDC. But ultimately, unless they're closing 100% of the people they talk to, they should be doing a good bit of follow-up. Yeah, I think you made a great point that it comes down to size. If, if we don't have the budget to have a BDC or, or you know, all of these, I mean, this is like, Six different roles he's talking about right. here. And, and I know dealerships, not to cut you off, I want you to finish your point, but 
I know dealerships that, I mean, they're not 500 cars a month. They're 120 to 150 that have most of these roles. I do too. Uh, one comes to mind uh, out in Temple, Texas. There's, gosh, I can't remember the name. I'll have to look it up and edit it in later. But right. uh, yeah, they had a, uh, what do we call a, uh, the thing at Proactive where they, they sit out there and they log customers. Oh, yeah. Uh, coordinate, floor coordinator? Yeah, floor coordinator. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, they, they literally, I think they sold, you know, 200 cars a month, but they had somebody sitting out there writing down, you know, what we've pr- uh, proposed earlier is, uh, you know. Right, some old guy g- who just, yeah. Gentleman in a uh, blue hat is working with Jason. Right. Uh, Lady with la- baby is, yeah, with yeah, John. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, floor coordinator, I think, is what we called that. Well, it's totally off the off the point. But, yeah. The, I Even as a small dealership, they were employing extra people in order to help manage the traffic. Right. And this dealership, I, I love them because they were so customer-centric. They were in the same family, like, you know, three generations. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I think there are dealerships out there like that. That are like, okay, I want to be better. Show me how to be better. Right. You know, and they're out searching on LinkedIn. They're listening to uh, consultants. They're looking for nationally known authors and advisors. And they're saying, oh, hey, they've got this idea. You know, they're 20 groups. Oh, yeah. Going, have you tried this? You know, have, have we tried that? So, yeah, a dedicated person to deliver vehicles. Okay. I can see how that would be valuable. Um a floor manager to close deals. I can see how that would be valuable because if then we can hire more salesmen that are less knowledgeable about closing a deal and we can still let them do the product demonstration and the fact finding and the needs assessment. And then when it comes down to brass tacks and we need to work out how we're going to put this puzzle together so that the customer says yes, they know how to structure a deal. Which, don't get me wrong, a floor closer in my mind is not somebody who comes in and says, all right, now what's it going to take to right. put you in this car today? Right, right. No, yeah, it's somebody who says, what are your hot buttons? Let me address those, and I'll structure this deal so that it's attractive to you. Right. And That's where the creativity and experience and knowledge comes in. And, uh, I mean, I have many times on this podcast and just in our conversations, you know, in conversation with dealerships, I am as strong as you can get an advocate for getting managers involved, right? Mm-hmm. Having managers do the early introductions, having managers involved in the closing. I think that's that's critical. But I, I do feel like, you know, I'm going to kind of go against my own way of, of thinking here in that I think if you're a good closer or if you have to be involved in the closing – it makes you a better demonstrator. It makes you a better presenter of the vehicle because you're you're building the value, right? And you're building the value so that to have an easier time in the close, ultimately, right? I agree. I mean, you have all those points of reference of the conversation. Here's what was important to you. Here's what you loved about this vehicle. You know, hey, remember that one feature? Yeah, that was great. You know, you, you're building that excitement. And somebody who didn't go on the test drive, didn't do the walk around, didn't look at the three vehicles and watch their process of elimination is not going to have the same influence over that customer that the person who did 
engage in all those aspects of it. I think another way to say that, Rand, I love it. I love that you brought that up, is it gives that individual the ability to see the big picture. Yeah. You know, you, you micro uh, employ people down to a micro, you know, like a assembly line. Right. Where your job is to put bolt A into hole C, right. you know, and right. screw on nut B. Well, they don't see I'm putting together a car. Right. And I love that, that that you point out the one of the benefits of having a salesman involved all along the way is they see why it's important to do a needs assessment during the meet and greet or right after the meet and greet. Yeah. Why it's important on your way to go look at that $60,000 SUV, you looked at a $40,000 one too. Right. You know, just passing along. Or, yeah, mentioned it or spent a minute and a yeah. half on, hey, let me just show you this one real quick. Hey, all right, let's, let's go on to the one over here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so getting back to my point a couple of minutes ago, there are dealerships that have some or all of these. If you don't, if you're a salesman that works at one of these places that doesn't have this, I would say then it falls on you to do a lot of this. Oh, yeah. And if it's not being done, you need to look in the mirror. Right. That's my point, is if you're not doing a quality delivery, if you're not training yourself to be a better closer of your own deals, if you're not setting your own appointments, right. if you're not following up with older customers, you know, from two months ago and saying, hey, you know, I'm just curious if you bought something or you're still looking. Oh, you haven't bought? I'm, I'm just wondering here. Is that because you've never found the right vehicle or you found one, but it just wasn't affordable? Right. You know, now now we're going down the path of yeah. creating your own business, your own pipeline. Yeah. And if you're not growing in those areas, what do you always say? You're just a weak suck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got that from Cardone. Yeah. You weak suck. You weak I, suck. I think he edited that for his CDs. Oh, I, he, I feel like maybe he... He added that or he got rid of it? I, I, I've never heard the phrase, a weak suck, until I heard Cardone 20 years ago. Yeah. And so I just assume he wanted to say you're a weak something else. Right. And he said, he came up with this, you're a weak suck. Right. All right. Well, it worked. I don't know. It caught on. See, me, you. I, it makes no sense. What is a suck? <laughs> uh, how can you, can you be a strong suck? But you know what? I don't think anybody who's heard the term weak suck has any confusion <laughs> as to what you're saying well, I think about it's that dumb, person. I think, I think it's you're weak and you suck. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know I would not want to ever be called a weak suck. Yeah. Right. So whatever it is that it's in reference to, yeah. I don't want to be that. I, don't, I mean, but uh, he's never explained. Is the, is the weak an, an adjective on the... Uh, yeah, uh, on the suck. And uh, so on the suck. So there, because there can be an exceptional suck, a weak suck, a, you know. All these, no, I, I think know. you know, suck is inherently bad. Like a jabroni, right? So you're, you're a weak jabroni. <laughs> you're a weak jabroni. Like even a strong jabroni, jabroni. is still a jabroni. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so I, I have a couple other thoughts, but do you have something you want to throw out here now? Well, in another thought of mine as I was going through this was, why did we start all these things, right? Why have we transitioned as a dealership or dealership? Damn, you bring in the smoke today, Of the right? car business. Great point. Why did we start a BDC? Because our salespeople weren't, they weren't doing it, right? They weren't 
generating those leads. They weren't could, you know, could going they? after this. Maybe with training. I right. think they probably could. I mean, I'm not going to well, say. For years they did. I'm or not some say did. salesmen weren't capable of doing that. No. Right. They just, either by time constraints or effort or, right. or management effort of training them, yeah. they sucked at it. Right. So a BDC, which we spend all day training, right. phone skills, phone skills, phone skills, they were better than the salesmen were. Yeah. And, and the ultimate reason why is if you have any of these things and it's not translating into more deals, then why are you wasting your money, right? If you, if you implement all these things and you're doing, you know, the same number of units this month, you know, year as you did last month, this month and year, or you have for the past three months, and all it is is a higher cost with no return, well, yeah, don't do it. Craig, you're blowing my mind, brother. You are speaking my language today. What is it? What is it the Red I got, Bull? I got, I got the good Red Bull today. Did you have yeah. a good rest over the weekend? I did. I went to sleep early last night. Yeah, I mean, which is unusual. I cannot find a reason to disagree with you right now, Ray. How about that? That Let's mark this down in the history books. All right, let me find. So there's got to be something in yeah. there. No. Go ahead, please. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bring it. Um... The, the only thing I was going to say on your point is if it's not bringing you more money, but it's raising your CSI, then, you know, that's a decision you have to make. Is it worth it? But he has under here, you know, number five, a person or company that follows up over CSI. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of in, is encompassed in your thing is that, yeah. uh, you know, that's and, addressed. And, and I guess the, the point of his whole post here is he... I don't know if it's for nostalgia reasons or, you know, just uh, what, but he's kind of lamenting, like, are salespeople even salespeople anymore, yeah. right? I mean, you know, that's why his, his final statement there, maybe I'm just being paranoid. Like, you know, the the salesman of, the, of what I was when I started in the business is no more. I, I think that's the old, I think you told me this, is you had a... Didn't you tell me this? You had an Italian friend that would give you, you know, advice, 10 minutes of advice. And then at the very end, you know, very direct, very, uh, here's what you should do. And then at the very end go, eh, well, what do I know? Yeah, what the hell do I know? Oh, yeah, guy from New York. That's how good I take friend of mine. <laughs> he, goes, He's telling man, you exactly what he thinks. And he says, ah, you're, but maybe, you're, you're well, an maybe idiot. I'm just paranoid. You're an idiot if you don't do this, this, and this. But hey, what the hell do I know? <laughs> Right? It's, a, it's the perfect way to give advice. I love it. Yeah, you, you got to do A, you got to do B, you got to do C. Right. And if you don't, you're a moron. What do I know? Do what you want. <laughs> you, you think that's what he's saying here? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Hey, what the hell do I know? I don't know. I, I he, he made some spot on points. He, here's the thing is, is I... I'm worried for the salesman because I think the business is getting away from the the what I envision in my head as a salesperson. Yeah. You know, shake your hand, hello, welcome to the car lot, how you doing, what can I get your information on, to thank you for your purchase, you know, enjoy your new car. Right. That was a salesman's job. And, you know, then, I don't know, hell, in the 80s or 90s, we put in an F&I department. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's just grown from there. Now we've got a delivery department. Now we've got a BDC before they get there. CSI now, department. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, internet department, 
Well, that's what I was going to put. I'm glad you brought those couple up. Is um, the number one is a BDC to set appointments and do follow up. Okay, I like a BDC to do that. Number three, an internet department to work leads. Well, I think in most cases that's a BDC right. is doing that too. And then number five, a person that follows up on CSI. I think in most cases that's a BDC as well. Yeah. Uh, and I've even seen that. This is kind of a pro tip here. I've seen that CSI call to coincide with your first service appointment yeah. call. Yeah. So I would have the service BDR making that call. Right. You know, hey, you're going to get this follow-up uh, survey from the manufacturer. Right. And, you know, by the way, while I have you, you know, they recommend your first service, which you'll probably, you know. Hit it such, such amount of time based yeah. on your driving. Right. Well, yeah, I, I think that's not a bad idea, but I have seen a lot of uh, dealerships that have one dedicated person that that's all they do is follow up uh, service and sales CSI calls. I, ha I have too, and then it comes down to a cost versus benefit analysis, right. you know. Yeah, and yeah depending I mean, on the manufacturer, which most are, are tracking that and and uh, you know, what's that? leveraging that into what they pay the dealership. You know, let's kind of back out here to the bigger picture is I think a lot of these roles – that are listed here, I think a lot of dealerships employ one or more of these roles because they've been advised to yeah. without any data analysis. Yeah. You know, they don't know, have their CSI scores gone up since they hired a person to encourage good CSI scores? Yeah. Well, they don't know. You know, we just, we thought it was a good idea at the time and in 10 years we'll re-look at that when somebody else says this is a better idea. But I think, you know, it's one of the possible benefits of, of a vendor or certainly engagement with the with the OEM is they are constantly making them aware, right? When their regional person comes in town or, you know, whoever. True. Or, or even some of their vendors are going, hey, I was looking at your CSI scores and they really suck and here, you know, I can help you. Yeah. You know, whether it's... Uh, I, don't, I just don't think a lot of these things are coming up in weekly or monthly or quarterly meetings. I disagree. You I, think they are? I think they are. I think okay. they are being, whether they're doing it proactively or reactively, whether they are tracking it or being made aware of it, and they're probably being made aware of it if their numbers aren't what right. they should be. Right. All right. So. All right, fair enough. But we can agree that in a similar situation that there are a plethora of software tools that most dealers are paying for that they are one unaware of or two not taking advantage of yes uh so yeah in my head it's kind of along the same lines but in your head it's different and yeah and that's what makes this podcast beautiful ray yeah, amen no opinion shall be uh put above my opinion <laughs> is that saying that? Yeah, it says thing? it in this post. So I'll circle it and give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ray, I, I don't know where we are on time, but I feel like we have talked about this and talked about this. And we I, have. I feel like we have uh, definitely done the deep dive into this topic here. We sure I, did. I don't think we have any answers. I, I think that... Go ahead. I, I don't think they're... I don't think it's asking for, nor is there a definitive answer. It's everything, and that's why we do the consulting that we do with the dealerships that we do, is that it's unique to every dealership. 
right? I think it depends on where you're positioned in the country, the brand you sell, the you know your your typical customer. It's not a one size fits all. There's too many variations in dealerships, but it's certainly something to be considered by all. Great way to say it. Great way to say it, Ray. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you, Ray, for recording this podcast with me. It's really been a joy to discuss these ideas with you. Absolutely. Fun as always. And we want to thank everyone for, for giving us the opportunity to share our thoughts with them. Oh, look at there. You said we want to thank everyone rather than telling me, hey, thank everyone for listening. Well, normally I do that. It's just like a cue because I'll say. You say, thank everyone for listening. I go, thank you for listening. Oh, yeah. I mean, normally I do that just because I'll say like two things, saying goodbye. And and then then I'll say the same thing. And then you won't say anything. And I'll go, well, tell them, thank you for listening. (laughs) Like, it's like Like, you're like looking at me like, should I stop recording? And I'm like, no, man. Like, say something. (laughs) Say thanks for listening. Like like I'm a six-year-old, right? Uh, Say thank you. We'll we'll go through a typical. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us here for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, Ray? Thank you for listening. (laughs) But, you know, uh, every time I I leave somewhere, I'll say, tell people... Thank you for listening? No. I'll say, my mother always told me to say... Thank you for inviting me. I had a wonderful time. Yeah. So, thank you for inviting me. I had a wonderful time. If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. No, Ray, it's just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. So just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. You've got it. Great.